this open source initiative, hey, code.gov, when you go to it, do you see what the background is? Yeah. It's all PHP. Yeah. <laughs> How awesome is that? It's well, WordPress. It's, it's WordPress. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my god, it's WordPress. We've made some bad decisions here. What yeah. You, <laughs> you are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 23, recorded Thursday, August 11th, 2016. In this episode of PHP Ugly, we discuss becoming the first employee at Laravel, Laracon videos available, PHP Fig goes 3.0, OMB finalizes policy on open source code from agencies. PHP 7.1 hits beta 2. Tesla car drives its owner to the hospital. Hulu is ending its free service. And I want to know what code is running inside my body. Now let's get started. It's another Thursday night. It's time to get ugly. Time to get ugly. Time to get ugly. Time to get ugly. I'm Eric. I'm Tom. Tom is with us. I'm excited. Hey, Tom. I'm very excited today. Why are you so excited? You're you're an excitable individual. I am an excitable individual. Because we decried last week that there wasn't nearly enough news. We barely managed to, to make an hour-long wrestle out of it. You know we're shooting for 30 minutes, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to overshoot that a little bit, this one. This I, I am amazed at how much tech PHP wondrous news has, has occurred this week. I agree. It's going to be uh, a good show. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like it's going to be a good show. Yeah. But let's let's not lose sight of what's important. Ourselves. How's your work week been going? Uh, took a day off today. Just had one of those. Very rare of you. It is. It is. It, I don't do it a whole lot, but I, I just sort of had an epiphany last night that I was under too much stress and needed to have a day declared as a no work day. That's good for you. Yeah. I'm heading out of town again this weekend. I'm going up to Washington State and uh, taking a little mini vacation with the family before school starts. And I think I'm pretty much taking the same approach. I'll, I'm taking my laptop with me, obviously, but I'm going to make a strong effort not to do any work for the four days that I'm gone. And for me, not doing work on a Saturday and Sunday is kind of a big deal because I don't typically not work on Saturday and Sunday, but for me not to work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday is stressing me out a little bit, to be honest. But you're stressing about not having stress? Not having your, your usual dose? I think so. so. Yeah, you know, I, I know that feeling. I've, I mean, that's one, one of the reasons I don't take many days off of work is because I take days off and start going through my email and saying, oh, look, I've got this thing assigned, or there's 100 errors being thrown, or, you know, I just, I just worry about work while I'm not at work. And... Right. Well, you know, our buddy John, who is still not contributing a whole lot to the show today, he just had his second kid and yeah. had taken some time off work, and he realized that, when you take time off work, work doesn't necessarily take time off you. And when you take two weeks off, you usually come back to a backlog of two weeks of things to do. Right. He's still playing catch up. You make a good point. Having kids isn't worth it. <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Thomas. Yes, sir. What state is your resume in? On, it's online. I don't keep it like a physical copy or anything. But you might want to make sure it's current. I mean, I, I hung out with your boss this week, and trust me on this, you might want to make sure it's current. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but. Would have been nice you, to know before I took a random day off. You could have, you, you could potentially be the first official employee of Laravel. 
I saw this. I saw that Taylor had posted to Laravel News that he was looking for the first official employee. Yeah, so the Laravel team is looking for their number one first employee, and they're looking for like a whole range of stuff. It's so you're not actually going to be employee number one, though, right? Because that would be, I would imagine that'd be Taylor, and I, I assume Jeffrey Wade might be an honorary employee number two. Well, they are the same person. So it's... Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Have we not discussed my conspiracy theory about that on I the podcast? I believe we've had, we've had the Fight Club conspiracy theory before. I'm going to have to say, there's something oddly weird about their relationship. Like, they can't be in the same place at the same time for too long. Because right. last year for Laracon, uh, Jeffrey Way ended up splitting early. This year for Laracon, I don't even think he was there for the first day for the entire day before he cut out of there and i didn't see him at anywhere besides in the auditorium during the conference yeah now it, it requires too much of his chi to to have two separate physical forms <laughs> I, you know there might be something to that I, either there there's just you know too much awesomeness in one place at one time and they've got to sp- like the ending of heroes you, you can't have you just can't have that kind of power focused in one city so yeah, if you're a big uh, Laravel person, I, I imagine they're going to be pretty selective, selecting selective on their first employee because I think this is probably everybody and their mother is going to apply for this, and they're probably how they're picked, uh, whoever that's going to be. But yeah. if you want to throw your hat in the ring, now is the time. I I think the cutoff is maybe it might even be tonight. I'm not sure. I saw it's the 14th. So oh, is it the 14th? Okay. That'd be, be the day after we usually release our, our podcast here. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, well, it's probably too late. We apologize. But you know what it's yeah. not too late for? What? They released all the videos from Laracon US today. Yes. And I gotta tell you, it is worth watching. There's about... I went to Laracon, I saw these talks, and I've rewatched about three of them today. Um, just because they were that good. So they're free. Just You can go on there and start watching them. I highly recommend doing that. The links will be in the show notes. Maybe. It's almost like being there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be watching those videos. I haven't dug into them yet, but uh, definitely looks like something I'm going to enjoy. I wish, I wish I'd gone to Laracon. Well, you can, you can virtually be there this time. Virtually be there. Yeah, the whiskey's not as good. It's really not. So, we've been talking about the FIG group, PHP FIG, pretty regularly the last few weeks, and I'm back with even more FIG stuff. Let's hear it. So, FIG 3.0. It's a complete rewrite of all the bylaws, the structure and process of the FIG, and they have issued their full draft of the new rules and bylaws. The idea here is to fix a lot of the problems that the fig has and the the fig is it feels like it's kind of up against the ropes right now Mm -hmm. with trying to hold itself together and still be productive i think one of the issues that they're having is that if you're not running some kind of large framework project your voice just doesn't count and if you're running a small cruddy framework that nobody actually uses then your voice counts just as much as people who are running massive frameworks that everybody uses. 
So they're trying to find that balance with giving higher quality votes to people. I don't know, higher relevance votes to people who have, you know, bigger influence in the community and then allow community members who aren't necessarily in the fig or doing framework development to have their voices heard as well. So a lot of structural changes. Yeah, we're going to they're really going to push that interoperability piece of their title to the limit, I think with that. Yeah, I guess all we can do is sit back and see what happens. I I think the framework interoperability group has done a lot. The the first couple of PSRs they put together and the first kind of few things that they did as a group really catapulted frameworks and PHP mm-hmm. ahead a few. I mean, just really catapulted it ahead and and uh, they've been stumbling of late, so let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, I know every project I work on right now is based in PSR4. So when something that you're doing is the foundation of it is on this group, then yeah, it's, it's good that it's happened. But they do have to get their shit back together and try to get things worked out. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's an easy process, because it's not an easy process. No. Whenever you're dealing with such a large group of individuals, all very smart, all probably very opinionated, it's it's tough to coordinate that effort. So, you threw some stuff up here on the board that I hadn't heard about at all. I, yeah, I did. I've made mention in the past several times about how you know, I really want to see government take more of a role into making computers better for the general consumer than just trying to restrict stuff. I don't know how else to word that. And one of the things I've always talked about is them creating a, an open source initiative to release things in open source and to you know help coordinate people who might want to use stuff in open source. came across an article this week that, although not exactly that, is something that I'm very happy to hear, which is, the White House Office of Management and Budget finalized a policy to start to open source code between government agencies. So what this means is that, as you can imagine, in government, our government is huge. And there's a lot of overlap and a lot of things being utilized multiple times. I'm sure there's multiple contracts and licensing and all this other stuff. Well, this is an initiative to allow for the sharing of applications within government agencies and open sourcing the applications within government agencies. So, you know, if a water district or, or I don't know, I mean, if, if somebody just creates a some FizzBuzz application that is very helpful for their agency and Agency B says, hey, you know, that would be helpful for us as well. There's just the whole open source philosophy where they can start to share that code and and develop so i'm very hopeful that these are good steps for the government and the way they they view open source and the way they, they utilize open source and hopefully this starts to save us some money as well and it starts to loosen up any kind of proprietary solutions that they have that that's starting to corner 
some of these agencies where they can't do things because they've had they have these wicked proprietary solutions in place and so i'm really really hopeful for this uh, well let's put the link in the show notes but yeah i mean i just thought it was interesting i'm huge in open source this is a big deal to me i'm very passionate about it probably more passionate about open source than i am about php so when i see things like this it's just i get really excited yeah and you know we also get a, a pretty cool domain name out of it too uh code.gov right and now this is the part i wasn't sure about though and i read the article twice yes he's just mailing this i wasn't sure that if this open source initiative hey code.gov when you go to it do you see what the background is yeah it's all php (laughs) how awesome is that it's wordpress it's it's wordpress horrible (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's wordpress we've made some bad decisions here yeah That was that was a roller coaster of emotions right there. <laughs> hey, it's PHP. How cool! Wait a minute, those are WordPress tags. That's the wrong <laughs> PHP. No. That is awesome. Uh, but what I wasn't sure of is how much sharing they're going to do with just the general public. Sounds like they might be doing some of that, but that would be interesting to see how they manage that. That is too funny. And they have they have a link to the code for their site. They have a link to the code for code.gov. Is it a WordPress site? It is not. No. No, it's not. That's actually encouraging. Yeah, it's just flat HTML. Can't go wrong with flat HTML. Oh, look at the ASCII art they have. Built by Presidential Initiative Fellows. What? PIF.gov. What is that? I didn't even go down this path. This is all live stuff. Oh, man. That's yeah. an a- that is an ASCII bald eagle. They have an ASCII bald eagle in the source code. So if we if we view source of code.gov, you should be able to see that, right? Yeah. We also get added to a list, though. What do you mean you get added to We were already added to the list, <laughs> I'm sure, as soon as we hit the page. View page source. Let's Clearly see. we're hackers. There he is. The ASCII bald eagle. How awesome is that? That's pretty fantastic. And they have iframes in here. That's just terrible. Using Google. Okay. Well, this is cool. Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm a big proponent of open source as well and and hopefully actually getting some of the code back that we've paid for might be nice. It might be. Or it Who might means? it might be terrifying if you saw any of the software that came out of the healthcare rollover. That was a pretty big nightmare. That was. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it seemed like it was just a matter of bad programming, too. It wasn't even that it was a particularly difficult task. It was a difficult task, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't insurmountable, and I would never have come up with what they ended up producing. <laughs> it's challenging. So, what else do we have? Well, we continue to march forward to PHP 7.1 release. Yeah, beta 2. Beta 2. I don't know how many betas they, they plan on releasing, but... I think this might be one of the last ones. I think we might head up to RCs pretty soon. Yeah. yeah you, gotta, you gotta think they've shaken out most of the big bugs and and uh, issues like that. Yeah, I don't see I don't see anything in here t- saying when, but... Might be able to fe- squeak in a, a fix for that uh, Pornhub hack that happened last <laughs> week. Well, this is a development preview. Do not use it in production. No, don't do that. So, yes, PHP 7.1 Beta 2 has been released. So that's all good stuff. 20 minutes in, 
And we jetted through everything we I jumped, wanted to talk yeah, we about. We boosted through the news. We didn't think we were going to... Boy, I'm going to have to add more stuff to this list. Jeez, are you kidding me? Look at the list. Look at this. It's still scrolling off the screen for me. So you can pick any of these next topics you want to... I uh, would love to talk about the Tesla. I, I was hoping... I moved that to the top because I was hoping you would pick the Tesla one. So there was news reports that a Tesla drove its owner to the hospital after he suffered a pulmonary embolism, which is a painful heart attack. Yes. You say news reports like you don't believe it. I do. It's just, this is clickbaity headlining. This is... <laughs> it did not... Well, it did, the, it did, okay, first off... The reason, the reason we're talking about it, let's, let's put this in perspective, because not everybody listens to every show. Matter of fact, the majority of the people don't listen to any show. Sure. But we previously talked about a Tesla that had malfunctioned and caused a uh, accident, which ended up causing the death of the driver. Which, by the way, and I looked for this and couldn't find it, but I believe they concluded that it wasn't the autopilot that that caused the accident. It was faulty brakes on the Tesla that I caused the accident. I didn't believe I seen that. Yeah, I thought I, that was still under investigation. I'm 90% sure I saw that conclusion, but again, I went back, looked for the article, and couldn't find it, so I could could be wrong. Anyways, so this was a feel-good Tesla story. Yeah, you know, unjustly so. Unjust, why unjustly so? Okay, it's... so I'll, I'll break it down. The Tesla driver, the headline says, Tesla car drives owner to hospital after he suffers pulmonary embolism. Right. So issue one is that he was on his way to the hospital. No, no, he he's a lawyer. And he was driving home from work when he felt the heart attack come on. Now, what he should have probably done is pull over and called 911. Right. But instead, he decided to tell the Tesla car to drive him to the hospital. See, that's the thing. is that He felt a, a sharp pain in his stomach and chest and started driving to the hospital. Now, putting the car in autopilot mode allows the car to do most of the driving work. But it's not like the car had detected he had a heart attack and chosen to drive him to the hospital. Fair point. That's a fair point. I, I see where you're going with that. It's not like the car realized he was he was in trouble. Michael? Michael, are you okay? Michael Knight, answer me. No, it, it's misleading to say that the car drove him to the hospital after he had a heart attack. Because he had a heart attack, started driving to the hospital, and then triggered autopilot mode to basically allow him to relax while en route. And you just it, can't have people feel good about themselves, can you? I can. I just I also can't stop myself from crapping on people's good news. <laughs> yeah, you know, he uh he was in control of the car the whole time. When he got to the hospital, he was in the position where he had to drive it up the entryway into the driving area you know the parking lot was not registered as a drivable area under autopilot so autopilot switched off it's a sensationalist title yeah it, it's great technology being used the way it should be used but it, Actually, it didn't probably probably not again general rule of thumb if you're having a medical emergency yeah don't try to get to the hospital yourself if you can dial 911 let them come to you they're trained professionals. They can get to you probably quicker than you can get to the hospital. Right. And it's clear here, too, that, that autopilot's functionality is not a self-driving car. It is lane changing and traffic reaction. So he was still doing a significant amount of driving 
it was just taking a stress pressure off of him. It was handling traffic for him. You're such so, a downer. I am a huge downer. Well, I got some more downer news for you then. <laughs> more downer news? More downer news for you. All right, let's hear it. Hulu, a favorite streaming service that many of us enjoy, they're doing away with their free tier. Yeah, and I think I'm going to be doing away with my paid service through them, too. I was seriously considering the same thing. Now, are you doing it, would you do away with your paid service through them in kind of retaliation of the fact that they're removing the free tier? No, it's just that the news reminded me that I was still paying them $12 a month. And, you oh, know, you do the commercial-free version. I really do. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, 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 do, I do as well. And I, t- I tell you what, they've been on my shit list since taking away the Hulu queues, and they do this watch list now, which now I can't figure out what shows I have queued up, and mm-hmm. it just gives me this list of all the shows it thinks I'm going to be interested in, and it drives it's driving me nuts. I'd, I'd really love to see a service that provides video streams like this that's just an API. No front end. It's just an API to their videos and descriptions and ratings. Mm. And someone else. Give give everyone else the opportunity to create their own engine to use this thing. Mm, that would be an interesting service. You know, because every time they change something minor, it's going to upset lots of people. It's not going to make anyone really particularly happy with what they've changed. You know, at running just an API service, anyone could make anything they wanted out of it. Uh, right. You know, an app that, that ran it on your PC or any number of things. But, you know, my thing with Hulu is that if you want to watch Twilight Zone, you're set. You can watch Twilight Zone. If you want to watch something new, then there's like a 15% chance it'll be there. You know, I, I'm watching that's Agents of That's how I watch The Flash. Yeah, that's that's one of their you know, highlight shows because they have it day one as soon as it airs, uh, CW, CW network stuff. But there's a ton of stuff where you can watch season one and season three, but season two is missing. How helpful is that? Or or they do the whole, this show's going to expire. It's like, what do you mean it's going to expire? What are you talking about? I don't blame them for that. That's, that's other assholes. That's like, that's licensing people who I hate, but you know what doesn't expire is is Usenet. So I, I pay my $12 for nice high-speed Usenet access. I run Sickbeard for automatically managing my, my TV shows. And so when something has aired, I turn on my TV and look, that show's already been downloaded and it's ready to watch and it's in an interface that I can use and it's functional and nice. Right. And until... So we should mention that all, all hope is not lost if you're... A user of the free Hulu tier, Yahoo, is saying that they're going to kind of pick up where Hulu left off and launch their own free streaming tier. And that could be a huge boon for Yahoo. Yahoo's been sort of spiraling the drain for a long time. Well, they they were recently purchased Yeah. by AOL, which is weird. So we, we could be seeing Yahoo actually doing something good for once. I'm curious. Me too. All right. Well, I think we got time for one more story. One more. We're only thirty-one yeah. minutes in here. I know. We're like on time, man. I'm feeling good about this. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? It. Well, there's you put one in the next discussion time. I did. That was a suggestion. This is a fantastic article. A terrifying Orwellian article. I think it's something we have to give serious consideration to. 
moving forward. And we just have had this discussion about open source programs in our government. This is actually one step closer to us, literally. Now, Eric, you have do you have any medical implants at all? I do not, no. Okay. I have a friend who has a pacemaker or a pacekeeper or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I have a couple as well. And this article is specifically for those people. And it, it brings to question a lot of things. So the, the headline here is, I want to know what code is running inside my body. And that's uh, it's a fantastic headline because it's a direct quote from the person who was recently affected by a software bug in her pacemaker. Right. It's so bizarre to think about, but the pacemakers have become so commonplace now and they can be put in so quickly with very little downtime to the patient receiving it that sometimes not a lot of thought goes into the fact that this is a mechanical device that you're attaching to your your body. I mean, it's kind of going to become an important part of who you are. And knowing how that, how that runs and, and what it does should be important to you. Yeah, now my son has an insulin pump. And we have encountered similar things to this, you know, in our, in our research with his diabetes. Though there is a community out there of people who use insulin pumps and are insulin dependent that are creating their own versions of the artificial pancreas. In the medical world, there's this accountability issue where a device basically has to be tested for years before it's approved and the testing simply isn't being done on the artificial pancreas side of things and so he's just sort of stuck with what they give him and you know it's not like you can buy a a open source platform for this kind of thing so there's a lot of people out there who are breaking these things open pulling the code out and putting their own code in but we are completely dependent on the code that's being provided to us by the the Medtronic, the provider of this pump. Right. And very much probably like this article referenced, that code is usually heavily protected and proprietary. And in this article, the Maria, who's the person who got the implant, wanted to look at the, the source code to... Basically what happened was that she was uh, taking a, a jog, getting off the uh, London Underground, and all of a sudden heart attack feeling something something went terribly wrong she felt like she was going to die and what she found out was that there was a bug some data had been entered incorrectly into her pacemaker and as she got her heart rate up on the quick jog the pacemaker thought it was doing something wrong and manually switched her heartbeat from 160 beats per minute to 80, just instantaneously. So she went from exerting herself to a completely calm rate of, of heartbeat and just total shock to the, the system. And in trying to resolve you know, what had happened to her, she, she got her medical records, she got the manual, the technical manual for her pacemaker, and she learned that there was remote monitoring functionality built into the pacemaker that she was totally unaware of. And to make it worse, she's a computer security expert. So she starts thinking about what can be done to her pacemaker without her approval. So now she's she's working as an activist in this kind of thing. Uh, there are other devices like uh, implantable cardioverter defibrillators, basically automatic defibrillators, things like that. And these are all protected under the DMCA. So 
even trying to know what's going on in these devices is illegal. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's it like, is. Yeah, put this in my body, but you know, don't ask how it does any of it. Right, and if you've ever read any licensing for something like Facebook, which you haven't because no one has, then you know that you can be under some pretty bizarre rules for these kinds of things. Yeah. You know, uh, inability to sue the makers of the device or uh, inability to file class actions or participate in class actions, you know, all the way down to the inability to take pictures of your own device or stuff like that. I mean, that's all entirely plausible stuff. And as we move into a, a world that's quickly embracing cybernetics, this is going to become more and more of an issue. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real concern. So there are, there are people out there who are buying the equipment to do management of these devices on their own, people that are basically becoming biohackers or cyber, cybernetic hackers just so that they are the ones that are in control of their devices. But there is definitely an extent to which doing so is illegal because you're not just messing with your coffee machine, which is also illegal. You know about that? <laughs> the K-Cups? No. no. Yeah, the, the Keurig machines are chipped so that each packet of coffee has an authenticity chip in it. Really? Yeah, so you can't use non-Keurig brands. And Is that was... why my coffee tastes bitter every morning? No, that's just you. <laughs> You're just bitter. <laughs> I'm a bitter person. Yeah. You wear it well, though. That's because I have people like you as friends. <laughs> friends? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So it's this is a messy area to get into, and I'm I'm glad to see that there are people who are concerning themselves with it now because it's going to come up faster than we think. I agree, and I think it's going to hit us in ways that people just aren't anticipating. Well, if you think about what people when when ISIS first appeared, one of the things people kept saying was, was "Oh, they're technically pretty capable. They have a lot of savvy people working for them." And it's dangerous to have been so dismissive of terrorists as having been backwoods people who didn't know what they were doing, you know, because when a terrorist organization decides that they want to break everyone's faith in the medical system and they write code that shuts down pacemakers remotely, you know, now you have a whole new kind of terrorist attack that is a very real possibility. Uh, That's horrifying to think of that. See, I was thinking more along the lines of, do you remember the movie Repo Men? Yes. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking. Like, oh yeah, yeah, they put an implant in your, you know, for your mechanical arm, and oh, you can't pay them this month. Well, okay, they're going to shut down your arm until you, until you decide to pay them. You know, it's just like that. It's freaking out. Now you freak me out more. I'm terrified. Yeah, now. I think I think Repo Men is the the flashy example of this sort of cybernetic technology gone wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is is that at DEFCON, people are modifying Bluetooth cards to support transmission over 10-mile distances mm-hmm. with tin cans and soldering irons and stuff. This, this code that can shut off a pacemaker and just literally kill a person instantly if it chose to is not difficult. It's been done. And if you just want to make yourself a nice big antenna and broadcast it to an entire city full of people, yeah, you're going to catch a couple dozen people just randomly drop dead. Probably more than a couple dozen, but yeah. Yeah. And no one's going to care until it happens. But when it happens, it's going to kill a lot of people. Well, that's a fantastic note to end the show on. I can just 
quickly bring it up real quick. I bring bring the mood up a little bit. Go ahead. Let's see what I can do. Do it. This is your see last opportunity. Oh. We're 40 minutes in, man. What are you going to do? Because I'm looking at the list. Oh, no. Oh, God. It's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> this is all depressing. <laughs> it's, it's all, all bad, bad news. news. Bad news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, No Man's Sky is coming out. Oh, wait. No, that's depressing news, too. Everyone, I, don't even know, I don't even know what No Man's Sky is. A super, super hype machine video game. Everyone wanted to play, and now everyone is very upset. Why? Why are they upset? Because they got themselves hyped up too much. Oh, really? Yeah. The game couldn't possibly live up to what people had met, set their expectations to. Oh, I have no expectations of the game. I, I don't know. I, I saw that one of my channels that I do a lot of uh, Overwatch watching on mentioned it. I'm like, well, what's that? I, I didn't even watch the video because I didn't. Uh, I was looking for Overwatch stuff. Well, there you go. Overwatch. There's new new Sombra information coming out. <sighs> Are we really going to talk about that? Yeah. Don't buy into the hype, man. Dude, stealth character. I'm uh, all about it. Hey, and you you were steps. talking you were talking about wanting liking that ASCII art. I've got some more ASCII art for you from Sombra himself. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. We got here. Nice little Send me links. Gonna you gonna add this to the show notes? Yeah, yeah we I'll, saw this already. I'll... We talked about this last week, dude. Yeah, scroll to the bottom, it's updated. Oh Yeah. What's this? Oh boy, that doesn't translate well when it's pasted into a chat client, does it? That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, nice you little were... nice little skull message after having decrypted uh, the latest message from Blizzard. Uh-huh. Sort of an issue here of when all uh, ARGs go wrong, because they had sent out a bunch of hints to a bunch of people and said, hey, yeah, solve, solve this puzzle, and people started going way off the reservation with it. So... <laughs> Turns out that people people were having a serious time solving the puzzles, so Blizzard had to release a version that said that was easy to solve. <laughs> when you solved it, it said, "What are you doing? You're looking in the wrong place. This <laughs> stop stop staring at this other hint. It has nothing to do with what you're supposed to be doing." <laughs> so That's you, awesome. Literally, literally, it was, uh, "Why are you looking in the sky? The answer isn't over your heads. It's behind you. Sometimes you need to analyze your previous achievements." These guys. These guys are too geeky. Hey, there's no such thing. Sorry, I sounded wonderful there, I know. Yeah, you and your vaping. Oh, you want to talk about the vaping news? Boy. It's, it's been a bane of my existence when I'm doing the editing of this podcast is you're vaping. Well, in two years it'll be illegal, so hmm? you've got that going for you. What do you mean? Uh, the August 8th FDA deeming regulations have passed, so the clock starts to count down for making all vaping devices illegal within two years. What's the justification of that? Uh, they're killing our children. Okay. So the that class. seems like a pretty broad... I mean, it is you incorrect. can say that about cigarettes and a million other things. I'm not a vaping fan. I don't particularly care for it. But as far as all the bad habits of smoking and drugs and all that go, vaping is pretty low on my list of annoyances. With the exception of trying to edit the podcast with you. So, get this. This is an interesting little tale of corporate reality. Okay. In the 80s, the cigarette companies were forced to start taking percentages of their income and use that money to fund anti-smoking commercials and mm -hmm. anti-smoking groups. Mm-hmm. They are in control of this money, but they have to spend it on anti-smoking stuff. This year, 
the tobacco lobbyists lobbied to get e-cigarettes classified as cigarettes. <laughs> so now, guess what they're spending their anti-smoking money on? Not using e-cigarettes? Anti-vaping advertising. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so guy, they... You can't beat them. Oh, I'm yeah. Telling you. Oh, it's they, smart. They, they play all the angles. So the money that they're being forced to use to notify the public of the dangers of smoking is now being used to lie to the public about the dangers of vaping and thusly promoting smoking. So we have actually achieved the negative or the opposite effect of what we intended to do by suing all those cigarette companies. They are now spending money that Can't is win. punishment to, to Dude, bring up marketing. You were supposed to end the damn show on a, I was on a good it. note. That, is a, that is a good note. That's something that people need to know. Put your when you see put a billboard, hat back on. When you see a billboard that says vaping is killing our children, what you are seeing is an ad for Marlboro, sponsored by your friends at Marlboro. Mm-hmm. We need a sponsor. The British Society of Health, they're basically the the British version of the FDA, has you think identified. Those I know. Oh, I love it. They've identified vaping as uh, potentially saving millions of lives per year. Well, there you go. Move Where to Brit- Britland. Yep. Brit- Britland. America, America, being an oligarchy, has gone a different direction. You ain't even paying attention to me. No. I don't blame you. No. You got me on my rant now. Oh, gosh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reel you in here. All right, guys. This has been another ugly week. Another vape, vape-tastic episode. I'm Eric Van Johnson. Nah, I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly podcast. PHP Ugly can be found on Twitter at PHP Ugly. You can also follow the host, Tom Rideout, on Twitter at Real Rideout. And myself, Eric Van Johnson, on Twitter at Showcom. That's spelled S-H-O-C-M. See you next week.